0: Let's get this going. Get up my Legend of Zelda. It's Legend of Zelda time. Chrissy, I need you to go downstairs right now. Can it wait? No, right now. God damn it. Alright, I'll go down and get it. What the hell? Okay, wait. This is in my basement. Why are there. Key- Whoa, why are there cases down here? What the heck just happened? Okay, stairs back up are gone. That's... What? The There's a treasure chest? What the... What's that? What's going on? What the hell are... Ah! My name is Chrissy Hardy, and this is my cohort today, James Irish. Hello, everybody. So what we're going to be talking about today is one of my favorite series, um, which is actually Legend of Zelda. Um, To try to do the whole series is pretty hard to do because there's 19 games. Yes, more games in this series than Final Fantasy. So we're going to talk about Zelda 1 and Zelda 2, the two original games. Uh, share our memories on these games, and why the heck is two so freaking different than one? And there is actually a reasoning behind it that actually came from the actual creators of Legend of Zelda, which is Shioguru Marimoto, um, where he did talk about it. So, But let's start off with the main question. James, do you know what the actual Legend of Zelda is?
1: Um... My, when I, when I hear you ask me that question, my mind goes back to the opening text of the first game, but I'm assuming it's a deeper answer than that.
0: Do you remember, what was Well, tell me what you always thought the Legend of Zelda was?
1: It was a reoccurring set of circumstances surrounding the triforce. The three fragments, wisdom, power, and courage, and the three destined bearers of the Triforce Link, Zelda, and Ganondorf, which repeats over an indeterminate, rather muddied timeline.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, actually, that actual idea came out in Orcarina of Time. But back in the first two, believe it or not, um, there is, there was an actual original legend of Zelda, and I can actually read it from my Hyrule Historia. Thank you, Dino Coolios, for buying this movie for my birthday several years ago. It's one of my favorite books. So I will read it from here of what, according to the official lore of what is the true legend of Zelda. Ever since the crushing defeat of the demon king Ganon, each successive generation Generations of Hylian kings used the Triforce of power, wisdom, and courage passed down by the royal family to preserve the order of the land. Those who wield the Triforce were required to protect, possess the unique characteristics of each having been born from the heart with a heart free from wickedness. The rulers used the power of Triforce to help the kingdom expand and flourish. One great king of Hyrule had to put the Triforce power to use, was concerned that its might would be abused after his death. He had two children, a boy and a girl. In order to prevent this, he hid the Triforce of Courage, placing a spell over the land of Hyrule. The monarch's magic ensured that the crest would appear upon a worthy person who has been properly raised once they reached a certain age and gained enough experience. Though the princess and the prince were already heirs to the throne, the king kind of had his doubts about his son, and the character of his son. Seeing more promise in Princess Zelda, he passed the Triforce on to her in secret. Following the king's death, and no crest appearing upon the hand of the prince, the power of the Triforce he had inherited as a new king was incomplete. The king had advised his closest confidant, a wizard, that Princess Zelda seemed to know what was behind these events. And we're not talking about the dead king, we're talking about the prince. Um, despite being interrogated by the wizard and her brother, the now king, legend Princess Zelda confessed to nothing. The wizard lost his temper and threatened to use his magic to cast a spell that would cause the princess to sleep for all eternity, but she still refused to talk. Once the wizard had finished the spell, princess zelda crumpled to the floor where she stood mad with grief and regretting what he'd done her brother placed his sleeping sister princess zelda on an altar in the north castle and in the hope she would someday be revived to ensure this tragedy would never be forgotten the custom was established that decreed every girl born into the hyrule royal family would be given the name of zelda The story became the legend of the first Princess Zelda. Hence, the legend of Zelda.
1: And if my memory serves me right, that's actually text that's included in the instruction manual for Zelda 2.
0: And it was, uh, yep, it was actually the. When they did Zelda 1, the person who actually wrote the backstory to it also worked on the original Dragon Ball anime. Um, and if you give me a second, I could pull up his name, because I actually should have it right here. Da, 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 da. This happens when I go do, to... Uh, Kijuni Tirui uh, was a screenwriter who worked on anime shows such as Dr. Slump and Dragon Ball, and he's the one who actually helped write the backstory for the manuals. He used medieval Europe as an actual inspiration. So, that is, according to Nintendo, The real Legend of Zelda.
1: So we are back, and let's get right into the first game itself, The Legend of Zelda, which was originally released in in Japan in on February twenty first of nineteen eighty
0: six. It was then followed with a release, actually in the United States, I believe, da, 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 on July fourteenth of nineteen eighty seven. Here's the interesting thing about those dates, everybody. If you go over to Legend of Zelda 2 and look at when it was released in Japan, which if you give me a second, I can do.
1: I've got it right here, actually.
0: Oh, perfect. January
1: 14th of 1987.
0: So if in case you haven't noticed, Japan got Legend of Zelda 2 before America did. So when people are like, wow, they released it so quickly, they must have sped through making the game. Actually, they, they didn't. It just so happened, no one was expecting Legend of Zelda in the United States to blow up as fast as it did. Hmm. So that's why it suddenly felt like less than a year later, the United States got Zelda too.
1: Although there would be some delay to that, though. There was a chip shortage issue, if I remember correctly.
0: Yep, they actually, uh, one of the, because of the graphics, they ran into an issue where they weren't expecting it to sell over, oh, I don't know, four million copies (laughs) in the United States alone. So it was one of those that was like, whoopsies, we didn't plan this. But yeah, so... Yeah, by the time the United States actually got Zelda 2, which was almost a year later, it actually was a fully completed game. Um, but let's go back to Zelda 1 before we get into the controversy of Zelda 2.
1: Yes, because it is dangerous to go alone. We should take this game first.
0: We should. And actually, originally, that character was not supposed to be in there.
1: Is that a fact?
0: Yeah, originally Link was supposed to start with the sword actually already in his inventory. Okay. But I My guess mo- they added
1: the old man in the cave so that they could basically tutorial going into caves, picking up items, teach players the basics of the gameplay loop.
0: Yep, that's, that's the main reason why the old man was put in there. And now he is such a meme and t-shirt. Theme, um, and if anyone has seen the Dorkly bit about guy getting arrested for giving a weapon to a kid, which is you need to watch it. It's, it's hilarious. Um,
1: I was actually thinking of the uh, in the very low budget independent game I want to be the guy, yeah. where you run where you run into that scene as well. But I want to be the guy as a platformer, so you have to jump up if you w- want to get the sword, but. This being, I want to be the guy doing that kills you, and you get the text. You jumped into a sword, you idiot!
0: <laughs> yes, everything
1: awesome. kills you in that game.
0: That that's great. Everything I love that. we need. To, we need to make that put that put that down as a possible uh, as a possible topic because we need to talk about games like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Now, one of the things, though, most people. So it's interesting because Zelda and Mario were created about the same time, and they were created by the, pretty much by the same person, Shiguru Um Obviously, Miyamoto is known more for, um, for Mario than he really is for Legend of Zelda. Um, the person who actually is given the honor of Father of Legend of Zelda is Takashi Tezuka, who was actually okay. Miyamoto's um, partner in this. Um he was the writer, he was the design, he was really the writer of the script and he was the designer of the game. Um, but it was interesting because when they were creating Zelda, they wanted it to be the complete opposite of Mario. They didn't want it to be like Mario.
1: Yeah, Mario was considered to be an athletic action game. you know, a lot of a lot of precision, lot a lot of twitch reflexes. Zelda is a much more thoughtful, slower, somewhat slower-paced... I mean, there's still some... Uh, you still have to be kind of quick with that sword button at times, but mm-hmm. other than that, it is definitely closer in hewing to the traditional RPG experiences that were slowly but surely taking over Japan right around that time frame.
0: Another thing with Miyamoto, what he wanted to do with Zelda, was he wanted to have a game where the gamers talked to each other. So everyone would share their experiences and swap secrets. He wanted a game where you could play it at home, go to the schoolyard, talk to your friends, and learn, like, wait, there's a cave there? Then go back and play the game, Um, again, to find the cave. So he wanted it so, like, you would talk to people about the game where it wasn't just a solitary experience, where you worked together to solve the game. Um, which in Japan...
1: But, Go ahead. But uh, you're probably actually about to get to this point yourself, but this actually wasn't the first such game to do that. A lot of people considered Namco's arcade games, which was soon ported to the Famicom, the Tower of Druaga to be a direct yes. antecedent of The Legend of Zelda, with uh, with that very because Tower Draga basically had that very purpose in mind just to even get to the ending. And there's other resemblances, which we'll get into in a bit.
0: We'll get into a bit. In fact, a very popular game now actually owes its whole entire um, success to this idea that uh, Marimoto and Tezuka came up with for Legend of Zelda. Um, But the thing is, is that there was a big difference between uh, Japanese culture and American culture, um, and that actually is how our school system works. Um, a game like Legend of Zelda, you know, if you go to if you go to Japan and ask people how you know back in the eighties about Legend of Zelda and how hard it is, people had a hard time adjusting to it because of how they weren't expecting this game to be the way it was. Japan adapted to the Legend of Zelda format a little bit faster than Americans and even the PALS regions did because of how, believe it or not, their schooling system is. Japanese schooling system is very constructivist-based. Here is where my education degree is going to come out. They are very much an exploratory way of teaching versus America and some places in Europe at this time period which are very linear for Japan would give the teacher would talk for 15 minutes on a on a concept and then let the, the students talk among themselves and explore the concept on their own. American schooling is not like that even now where it's here's 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 a lecture portion, here's your here's your paper portion, here we we close it down, go on to your next class. And then the next class in that same subject, it's a different subject. It wasn't a continuous flow of learning. It's a boom, 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 on to the next task. Boom, 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 on to the next task. Um, Interesting. Which is is why with a game like Legend of Zelda, people had a hard time in America dealing with it. Because it was a game that did not have... The clues were not out in front of you. You had to explore... You were given the very quick tutorial by the old man, which is here's your sword, shoot, go. Like, that's all you got <laughs> from the gold man in the cave. Everything else was exploration, which is one of the reasons why I love this game as someone with ADD because there's so you, if you you can't get bored with it. You know, it's not the same A to jump, A to jump. You try different um, items. To find different solutions.
1: If I could offer a counterpoint to that, though, there was one game in America that did give gamers something of an idea of what to expect when Legend of Zelda would come out. Not that they knew it at the time, of course. But in 1980, Atari's Adventure was very much in that same vein. A lot of exploration, a little bit of trial and error. Granted, it was considerably more primitive than Legend of Zelda was. As a matter of fact, uh, to this day, all I can think of is... Somebody get this freaking duck away from me!
0: No, but you're right. Uh, Adventure, a lot of these games really owe a lot to each other. Yes, Adventure was a much more primitive game, but remember, it is the Atari system, which did not have the kind of chip that the Nintendo had at the time.
1: Not even close.
0: Um, no, not even close. Um, and I'm not. Um, and if anyone out there loves Atari, I'm not picking on Atari because, like I said, that was one of the first game systems I actually played on with my dad, with a little with a little paddle controller that I always kept breaking. Um, <laughs> sorry, Dad. I know you're in heaven, but sorry, Dad. Um, I was the one who broke it, not my sister. Um, but that was fun blaming her because. Oh, no. Oh no, trust me, she got me back several times. So, um, but that's the thing is like, Zelda really kind of took it to a whole new level and they really wanted to link the experience, haha, see what I did there, uh, <laughs> for the players. And that's actually how Link got his name. He was a link between the player and the game. So, the only thing I did not like about Legend of Zelda was the fact that, oh, my God, you trying to find half of those dungeons, like, if you were trying to find, like, the hole in the wall, there was no small little clue in the graphics that there was supposed, that's where you're supposed to put the bomb. Right. Done. And when you're playing it as a 30-year-old, and half of your friends don't even, are like, oh, yeah, I remember that game. That whole conversing about the secrets in the game doesn't work as well but thank god for forums
1: oh ab- yeah and thank god for nintendo power
0: oh yes actually that's the funny thing also with legend of zelda it actually helped um start nintendo power
1: right because- the first issue of the nintendo fun club uh- as, uh, when it, which is, was the original title was focused on the, on a lot of those secrets and uh, get, getting players the tips they needed to actually advance in the game
0: yeah and because so many people sent in the the warrant the thing for the fun club they eventually started a newsletter that went from four pages to eight pages and suddenly to 30 then to initially to 32 that Nintendo' was like well screw it instead let's just put out a magazine and they would put out the magazine if you were a member of the fun club you got the magazine first and we all yes, know I how much getting, we- yeah. I, I do remember yeah.
1: getting that myself and with because I was a part of the fun club for I believe the last two issues and then it switched over to Nintendo Power and we got the first issue for free and then where it was like, waiting for the second issue, waiting for the second issue, and we realized, oh, we have to actually subscribe to this now. Oops.
0: Yeah. Which actually was one of the few magazines my parents were actually really okay with subscribing for me, because otherwise I would be going up to the store every week and but every month and buying the Nintendo Power, and then my dad realized it was just cheaper just to put a subscription in the mail. Naturally. He was just like, okay, we're just going to do this. But, also... Just so everyone knows this, there is an actual second quest to the original Legend of Zelda game.
1: Oh, yes, yes. With considerably harder dungeons and less friendly item progression.
0: Oh, yeah. They're much stronger and but that's actually something that's in almost all Legend of Zelda games, actually. Um, It's not something new to Zelda. It's pretty much kind of par for the course. But if you don't want to beat the game, but still want to see what we're talking about, there is a cheat
1: code. Yes, I believe you, you put do. in uh, the name Zelda into the into the name entry screen at the main menu.
0: Yep, but it has to be all in caps.
1: Na- uh, naturally.
0: N- non- none of that lowercase crap. Because I did it with the lowercase and it didn't trigger it, but if I did it with uppercase, it did.
1: Hmm. All oh,
0: uppercase. So. Yeah. But, what was your
1: yeah, favorite dungeon in the original Legend of Zelda? My favorite dungeon... Well, uh, before I actually get to that, there's one little th- other thing about the development of the game I wanted to toss in there.
0: Oh, yeah. One of the
1: other things that influenced Shigeru Miyamoto when he was uh, coming up with it was he was looking at his desk drawers, of all things, and was imagining each drawer being its own little miniature garden. And that's mm-hmm. and that's kind of how we got the look of the game with its and its idea of places layered on top of places. Oh yeah, and
0: the other thing too with him is he grew up around Kyoto, Japan. Um, I've never been to Japan, but I've seen pictures taken there by my friend Kentaro, um, and it's beautiful. It's very um, country esque. Um, very beautiful there, and he actually said um, at one point that he drew some of his inspiration from his experience as a boy around Kyoto because he used to just go out without a map, and he went hiking, he found things, um, he would just go without the map and just find his way, and it was like going on an adventure, so he kind of tried to bring that in to the game itself um, along with the dust drawer, like it just kind of the dust. drawer just kind of gave him the idea of like, oh, wait, I can do this. But the overworld map really came from his experiences as a child, just mm-hmm. going out, and just getting lost. Right. And us. And also, another interesting thing is to tie back to us. Um, the name Zelda was actually inspired by an American author. Can you guess who yeah. it is?
1: Um. I'm stabbing in the dark here. Was it F. Scott Fitzgerald?
0: It was his wife, Zelda Fitzgerald, who was a writer of her own.
1: Oh, okay. So I so I was like this close to the bullseye.
0: You were very close to bullseye, because she's known mostly as F. Scott Fitzgerald's wife, but she actually is um she actually is a good she's actually a writer on his own and he just loved the name of Zelda. And if anyone has a chance to see pictures of Zelda Fitzgerald. She is an extremely beautiful, graceful woman. So okay. she kind of she inspired um, the name Zelda, which is funny because now the name Zelda from Legend of Zelda inspired the name of another up and coming actress in Hollywood, and that is. That's
1: what it'd be, Robin Williams' daughter, would it?
0: Zelda Williams. He named her. She. He named her after Legend of Zelda because he loved the game. Um, and she loves the game, too. Um, mm. He got her into it. And then his son, Cody, is named after Cody from, I think, not Final game, Fight, Final Fight. Robin Williams was a huge gamer.
1: Yeah, I, I believe he even was into Warhammer 40K. That was. And anybody who has walked into Millennium Games or Just Games or or your friendly local game shop will tell you that is not a cheap hobby.
0: No, not I. I give full credit to any any of our, any of my friends who play who compete in that game series and play in that game series. I've looked at the price of those things. I, I it takes one. It's expensive as hell. Two. Mm-hmm. It takes some damn good miniature painting skills to paint those figures. I cannot do that kind of minutia. So I get-
1: need I yet yet.
0: I but just don't have we will
1: definitely be talking Warhammer 40k and other Games Workshop properties in the future when we do get to tabletop experiences down the line.
0: Oh, indeed. And let me just put a little check on my tangent mark right here. I have a little. Okay. I now have a wall next to my computer where we go on tangents. I just put a hashtag. Oh,
1: <laughs> you're, by by this time next year, you're going to run out of wall.
0: Well, I'm I'm trying to figure out which one, I'm going to try to figure out which one of our which one of our. uh episodes
1: do we do the most tangents in? Okay. So back to my favorite dungeon. Yes. If I had to pick one, I'm very tempted to say I believe it was dungeon number five, which was the one in the Lost Hills.
0: Yes.
1: That's where you're introduced to some of the more interesting enemies among the dungeon cast, that's when you find uh, the first instance of the dark nuts, the the pole's voice, and I think one or two others. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, there's. Um, I think the Wizzos show up in that one too.
1: No, there. I think they show up first in six. Oh.
0: I think. Sorry.
1: Um. No. Dungeon five is when you find the the flute. And then Dungeon Six is when you find the the Wizrobe's Wand, so you find the wand oh, yeah. where they're running around.
0: Yes, yep, you're right.
1: I could be remembering uh, wrong. I,
0: no, I think part of the fun
1: of this podcast is learning as we go.
0: Indeed, actually, let me see. Let me pull up Zelda Dungeon because Zelda Dungeon yeah. actually lists all the dungeons. By the way, if you ever need a good walkthrough for any Legend of Zelda game, Zelda Dungeon all the way.
1: Obligatory shout-out.
0: That was my obligatory shout-out because I did write for them for a
1: while. And while we're doing shout-outs, I also want to give a shout-out to the book I'm drawing some of my information from. The Hardcore Gaming 101 presents The Complete Guide to the Famicom Disk System by Kurt Collada and Dustin Hubbard. I adore Kurt Collada's book series. They, they are mainstays of my bookshelf when I'm doing research. If the topic is covered in there, that's usually one of the first places I turn to.
0: Yeah. So it looks like, so before they ever came up with the idea of like Moonlight Grotto or anything like that, it looks like here that they used to call the dungeons after their designs. So number right. five is one, two, three, four, five is the Zil- is the lizard dungeon. Mm. The only dungeon that actually has a proper name of a location and not its design is Death
1: Mountain. Naturally.
0: Of course. I actually always enjoyed I always enjoyed the Moon Dungeon. Um, and I like that one just because I just looked like the design of it as a moon. Like that was just one of my favorite things about that one. Um, was the moon was it just it just the design of the dungeons in the moon yes yeah.
1: that was kind of neat
0: I will say we do have I'm not is um some of their design choices over these dungeons I kind of look at I'm like and you picked that why <laughs> like, yeah. why did you pick that design there are better designs out there um yeah so yeah but I also love like I do have to say the worst dungeon to find was that freaking lion dungeon. And that was dungeon number one, two, three, four,
1: five, six, seven.
0: That was the eighth dungeon. It was the last dungeon.
1: Oh, right. That was the one in the forest.
0: That you had to burn the right... Yeah, you had to burn the right damn tree to get it. Another, Another news, I also died all... I always died in that dungeon several times.
1: I've got a trivia question here for you, Chrissy. This is from Ooh. the book I mentioned a moment ago. What mm-hmm. is the only major gameplay difference between the Famicom Disk System version and the cartridge version we got here in the States?
0: Ooh, I know that one, too. Oh. I know that one because I was just reading about it. Because I was like, dang, that's the difference.
1: Should I start humming the Jeopardy waiting music? Yeah, go for it. I can't believe people want to listen to me sing this. So okay. I, think I have I'll a... stop right now. Bum bum.
0: Well, I I want to say it was the battery save system that was internal because they didn't really have that in the Famicom. Well, that that is true. Because the Famicom did not have an internal battery save, right? Um, but I don't think that's it. Cause I think it's something. I, I want to think it's something else.
1: Well, so, th- that would affect the game as a whole. So you're close, yep. but in terms of actually the meat and potatoes of playing the game, mm-hmm. the biggest, the only big difference has to do with the Pole's voice enemy. You see, because oh. the Pole's voice hate loud noises. They they allude to this in the game, but. But you don't really uh, have a means of doing that other than the whistle and uh, or the flute rather, but the flute doesn't affect them. In the Japanese Famicom disk system version of the game,
0: there was the a-
1: controller has a microphone you're supposed to shout into. That's
0: right. that's right because they had a mic in there because they used it in a couple of other games too. Yes. Now I remember. Yes, you're right. Because there was a point in time that when you came across the pole's voice, which one of my friends keeps telling me is the stupidest name he's ever seen. Like for... I was like, really? The keys didn't like throw you off.
1: Like
0: <laughs> the bats are called keys and that, but the pole's voice yeah. is the one you don't like. But yeah, and you're the supposed snakes to are called
1: off. ropes.
0: Well, actually, believe it or not, um, that actually has some basis in language. So I couldn't get too upset with that one. Because so I'm like, no, that makes sense to me because there's a basis for that. But I'm like, because then also, let's think about it. A snake looks like a snake looks like what? A rope. I get it. Basically, yeah. However, a keese, a bat does not look like a set of keys. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> but it kind of sounds like it.
0: Keys, 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 So, but yeah, no, yes, you are right. Yeah, that's right. There was a mic in it. There was a mic in it. Then actually the DS versions of the games brought that back. Oh really? Yeah, not when they when they made um, Spirit Tracks and Phantom Hourglass, they actually brought back the mic system and incorporated it into the game.
1: Hmm. Oh. Yeah. Well, what's old was new again.
0: Well, yeah. And more things change and the more they stay in the same. So. Yeah. Okay, so this brings us to Legend of Zelda. Two, the most hated and most—it's the most uh, controversial, derisitive game in the whole entire series. People hate it. People that was love officially it. made
1: by Nintendo.
0: And that was officially made by Nintendo. Um, We're not actually- counting
1: the CDI games here.
0: Nope. Sorry, dudes. That, as far as the majority of us in the Zelda universe believe that—that's not real. That never happened. We don't talk about it. It's kind of like the redheaded stepchild of the crew. It's in the closet, no one no one looks at it. Um, and thank God no one has figured out how to rom those yet. And that is not a challenge. Don't do it. it will become well, we will eventually
1: talk games. about those games if we ever do a worst games ever episode.
0: I don't even know if you could call them games. It was just I don't like even like even the non-legend of Zelda ones. I'm like. I understand like this was a great idea and we were you know, take hey, awesome, try new technology, but whoever they like hired to do like the graphics for it, like I suck at drawing and I think I can do better. Mm. And that's the sad part. Alright, so let's get back on to two. Um so the thing with two is Mark down tangent. Like <laughs> um so the thing with two is um, two like I said, most people think that two was just thrown together and thrown out there. It actually wasn't. It was actually a fully developed game. When they did one, and one started selling in Japan in, in, remember, in 1986, they, and gaming back, and programming back then is not, I hate to say it, is not as involved as today's programming because you're not dealing with voice actors, you're not dealing with high-definition rendering of graphics you're not dealing with. Like, it's a little bit easier, to say the least. Plus, they did use some of the over... They just kind of reformatted kind of some of the stuff not used in the original Zelda into this game. So it wasn't like they were starting completely from scratch. Yes, it was a whole brand-new production team with the only two people from the original game on it was Mayamoto and Tezuka. and even Tazuka wasn't as fully involved in this one as as Mayamoto was. So the other thing too was yes, it was a whole new set of um,
1: it was a, whole
0: new, a whole new set of mechanics and a whole new set of Um, workers. But given that, it's not a bad game.
1: It's not a bad game. It's definitely a different game, though. Mm -hmm. If The Legend of Zelda, the first one, was a distillation of role-playing tropes into a format that could work on the Famicom, at least per the ideas of the team at Nintendo, then Zelda 2 is both more of a Dragon Quest-like game and also at the same time more of a nintendo like game indeed it, there is the top down overworld map which is further zoomed out and has the random encounters but you can actually see them coming but again, and there's leveling up where you can increase your life and your and your and your magic stats your attack power these are all traditional rpg tropes but at the same time when you're actually fighting enemies or going through a town, the gameplay much more resembles Super Mario Brothers.
0: Well, and even still, with even that, I have to, I it does, and it does with the platforming, but there's also something interesting most people don't realize with the encounter game part of the game. Everyone is like, oh my God, these random encounters. Well, you could pick, because depending on the icon that pops up, because remember, you get three icons. There's one on, one on the top, and two on the left, and, and one on the left, and one on the right. You can actually pick how hard of an encounter you want based off of which one of those you walk into. Right. Or, you can walk away. You can go down and walk away from the encounter. Also, Try if you happen it to... Oh, yeah, but you can. You can get away from them. If you're like, I don't feel like dealing with any of you assholes right now, you can go down. Um, sorry, I just wore again. That's
1: That's okay. That's okay. We're we're allowed two or three.
0: Okay. Just as long as we don't go overboard. But you can actually escape them. Or, this is cool too, and I didn't realize this until recently because I always never realized, I always wondered why certain encounters, if you were on the path and you had a random encounter, sometimes there were no enemies. And that's because you were on the path. Right. So you, there were no enemies on the road. Like, if you were actually on the part of it that was a road, um, you can actually, if you run into an enemy encounter while on the road, there's no enemies. You could just walk off left or right.
1: Unfortunately, that option goes away after the uh, second half, when you get into, rather, the second half of the game.
0: Yeah, but by that point in time, you should already be powered up enough that you, you can handle it. If, oh, yeah, if, if yeah. At
1: that point, you'll, you'll have access to half the spells, a good deal of attack power, and ability to withstand damage. So, oh, yeah. yeah.
0: But it's just... I mean, it was a very interesting... It's a very interesting game because it is so different. But I will argue that this game is more of an RPG... Than the original Legend of Zelda, because you have you can it's because now you have the allotment of power to your stats, and you can right. choose and whether to upgrade or not a certain stat.
1: And you have to build up experience points to do so.
0: Mm-hmm. And you gain that experience points by by defeating enemies. New and actually, it even gives you a. Um, a bonus if you actually take on new enemies. Hmm. Um, because I've noticed that, is that if you fight like a new enemy, you're getting a lot of points for fighting the enemy for the first time. I mean, obviously those okay. points go down a little bit as you fight them more and more, but it gives you kind of bonus, kind of a, hey, you tried on a new enemy, here you go. And if the smarter that you fight that enemy will change, will somewhat change the points by a point or two. And there actually is a rhythm to how Link can fight certain enemies. It is yeah. also... Yeah, it's also one of the few games where that that freaking shield is important.
1: Oh, especially when you're facing the Iron Knuckles.
0: Oh, definitely with the Iron Knuckles. But it, it really gives a higher reliance on the shield, which to me, I'm like, yes. Because... Let's let's be honest. How many of us have swapped that shield out almost immediately? <laughs> once we once we've gotten a good weapon like a hookshot. I uh, have. Mm. But that's because I'm a melee. Fi- that's because I'm a range fighter. I like to be far away and just like snipe my enemies, which is why I do good as an assassin in Dungeons and Dragon. Okay, but that was nice. But it was cool because. You actually, one, used the shield, two, you actually had to watch how your enemies were fighting, because there were patterns, so you had to learn the pattern. And it had one of the best, and I really wish they bring it back in in the other games, you had the downward stab, where you could jump, get down, and stab your enemy, no matter what defense they had, you could just jump up and just stab down, and... They were gone.
1: There were some enemies that could only be beat that way. Mm hmm. And, but but yeah, we have to rely on Smash Brothers to get our fix of that move now.
0: Yeah. Which isn't a bad thing. So, oh. my family at this point kind of settles fights as Smash Brothers.
1: So, my favorite part of Zelda 2, probably for me, was getting to see the enemies from Zelda 1 in a in larger higher definition sprites getting to see the moblin as as tall as link was and the octoroks and the waiting in the swamps and and when you get to the sec to the second half of the game seeing the seeing the animation on the tektites wow oh my god yeah
0: they were that was that that game was such a beautiful game It really, I mean, just, and the music is, I mean, when you walk into the towns, it's very, um, it it was like you're, you know, you felt like you were walking into a town. It was, the music fit what you were doing so well between all the different, all the different transitions there were. I know, I do want to address this because I don't think many people, do you remember the I Am Error guy in the game?
1: I was going to mention I Am Error and his counterpart, Bagu, who was uh, mistranslated. His name was supposed to be Bug, as a reference to Bugs and Errors.
0: He actually wasn't mistranslated. Bagu in Japanese is Bug.
1: Um, oh.
0: because Bugs So just
1: mislocalized.
0: Just mislocalized, but they didn't want to change his name because you have to visit Bagu to get a very important item to finish the game. So they weren't kinda doing that. But I when I when I when I first played it and I saw I am error and I'm like, are they making a joke? Like, is this like an inside joke? Did I miss something Mm -hmm. in Zelda One or somewhere in this game? It actually is a joke. It's a it's um a gamer joke. Bug, error. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought that was kind of a cute tongue in cheek that I didn't really learn until later. And I actually really learned that from uh, a video YouTuber called Snestruck and he, he actually goes back and looks at old games and says, are they worth playing today? Mm. And he does a lot of... I actually found a lot of cool games for my Recal box that I didn't even know existed when I played in the 90s and two, early 2000s on my, you know, gaming systems that i gone back and played and like, oh my god, these are awesome. But he... Um, but... He kind of pointed it out. I'm like, okay, I wasn't crazy that that was an inside joke when I was younger. Because everyone told me it was just – it wasn't. It was like – it was just a a mistype or something. Because obviously localizations are not what they – you know, back then were not what they are now. So. Right. But, yeah, it's just – yeah, it's just very – that was one of my favorites. And the other one I want to address, for anyone who has beaten – Shadow Link in the game. He's the last boss. Oh, that's an
1: intense boss fight.
0: And has done so by crouching in the lower left corner of your screen and just stabbing him. That is not cheating. Because that is a hard fight. And as far as I'm concerned with that fight, because he mimics your moves. (laughs) Any way that you could beat him works for me.
1: If you've gotten through that last dungeon, you've earned the right You're to perfect. take an easy way.
0: Take an easy way out. And and that's, and that's one of the things, like, I, because I, I've done it. Like, my first time beating him, someone told me, just crouch in the corner, just stab him. Oh, okay. And I beat him. Because the nice thing about Zelda 2 that I like, I like this out of, and I wish they bring these back for Zelda games, is the meter on the side that is the boss's health meter. Oh, because let me tell you, there have been so many times I wish to know how close I am to getting to beating that boss. And I really wish it was right there. Because they they give you the hint when, you're, when your health is low. But I'd like to love it. If, and if Nintendo, if you're listening, please do this. Bring back the little meter on the side so I know exactly how much life my boss has. Please.
1: That would be nice. I I think I think we need that as much in role playing games, but Japanese role playing games are so steeped in tradition. They they I if you ask them to put a life meter on a boss, they'd be like, huh?
0: But see, the thing is with Sel- with Legend of Zelda is this is a it's not a true role playing game. Right. This is the closest game to it is two two is the closest it's come to actually being a true JRPG. In my, in my right, I, I
1: was just citing it as an example of why yeah. it might not happen, because there's that much tradition baked into not having a life bar as much more so than there is to having a life bar.
0: Yeah, but I would just love it if they brought it back for, for game. like...
1: Oh, know. I agree, I agree.
0: Because let me tell you, especially final boss battles, I'd like to know how close this guy is to going into his final form, like, and... Yeah, it's like, okay, the final boss in almost every Zelda game has three forms. There's always three acts to that final fight. First form, second form, final form. It's like someone decided to look at Dragon Ball Z and go, Hey, that's a great idea! Whoever did that, by the way, needs to get whooped. Um, But give me a health bar. Let me know how close this person is to changing. Like, I understand it's part of the, the mystery of it, but... Throw me a bone. I went through eight dungeons. Give me this.
1: Very, very, very true. So, so by this point, by the time Zelda 2 is released, it's almost as big a cultural phenomenon as Mario itself. And the merchandise is starting to flow again, like much like Mario itself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And... Do you remember owning any specific pieces of Zelda merch?
0: Oh, I do. I do. Other than the games themselves. And it wasn't something and my favorite piece of Zelda merchandise was not one that you could buy. We actually had a girl in my parochial school who made friendship bracelets. And okay. she made Zelda theme ones. Oh. And she made one and it would be it would be green for Link and then yellow for the Triforce. So you would have a band of green, and then you would have a section of yellow, a little bit of green, a section of yellow, a little bit of green, and then another section of yellow, and those were the three pieces of the Triforce. Okay. And she would make them for anyone who wanted them. And that was my favorite pieces of the merchandise, because while it was so simple, it was something that was handmade. On uh, the person who made it, like, she was one of my very good friends. Um, she wasn't a ga- she was not a gamer, mm. but she got the idea for it from watching the cartoon. Okay. Which was based off of what the events of two, are what happened during Zelda Two, the actual cartoon in nineteen eighty nine. I think it's I'm not year. so
1: sure about that because in the cartoon Ganon was alive. During Zelda Two, he was dead.
0: Well, well, the thing is, it's what's interesting is is even during. Well, the thing is, is Ganon was alive, but he was much, 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 much weaker. Okay. So they were because they were constantly trying to bring Ganon back. Like that was the thing with the Moblins were going in to to try to find something that would bring Ganon back, a potion of power or. Or the triforce or something. It's almost like okay, we couldn't kill Link to bring you back because part of the reason why they kept trying to kill Link in the game was they needed his blood to sprinkle onto his on Ganon's ashes to bring him back. And actually, okay. they just needed a drop of blood.
1: Hmm.
0: So by the same, so by the time um, because Ganon isn't really the big bad in. That game, he's just kind of that shadowy person in the background,
1: right? He's lurking in the background. There's an, there's an ominous threat of him coming back. Mm-hmm.
0: So, I, I that's why because it's the same thing kind of with um, Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers. Show was the cartoon itself takes place after Two Mario Brothers Two, because you have a lot of the enemies from Two in that game or in that show same thing with the Zelda series, is you have a lot of enemies that were kind of named and even, and were kind of created for, too. Some of the specific ones um, kind of show well, up in that game.
1: You can make the argument for continuity with Zelda, but for Mario, I don't think there was any continuity whatsoever. It was just random idea here, random idea there. Oh, we're in the Arabian Nights now. Oh, we're parodying a 1920s gangster movie. Oh, we're parodying Ghostbusters and they they were just using the characters from the two games as kind of stock players.
0: True. Well, yeah, you I mean, but also these are 1980s cartoons. I mean, where they really have any continuity to their storylines other than maybe He-Man?
1: There there was some mildish continuity, but at that point that was more a thing to anime.
0: Yeah. They like I mean, the only real sc- I, going back and looking back on it, the only real story that had like true continuity from beginning to end to me was He-Man and She-Ra. Because while you can every so often watch the episodes out of place, if you watch them from beginning of the series to the end of the series, there's actually a lot of ochre, um storylines that play out in an actual linear format, whether they're in the background or not. Um, but for Legend of Zelda, and this is one of my biggest issues I had with Zelda, was when in 2011 they came out with the Zelda timeline. Here we go. I am not touching this because I, I trust me. One, we don't have enough time to go over Zelda timeline. I just felt that the Zelda timeline was pushed on it. I think Zelda should have been honestly treated like Final Fantasy is, where every Final Fantasy installment is a new story. Okay. That's it. Uh, That's my only thing. But the interesting thing with Legend of Zelda was Zelda 1 and Zelda 2. 2 was the the first real sequel to an actual Legend of Zelda game. Now that is going to change when Breath of the Wild 2 comes out.
1: We don't know when that's happening, of course. Uh, Right
0: now they're saying 2021, the spring of 2021. That was the last bit of news I've heard on it. Um, they have been putting out trailers and gameplay demos, so it's got to be coming soon. Hmm.
1: you sure those aren't the demos for the, the Hyrule Warriors game?
0: No, it wasn't Age of Calamity. Um, it was, they put out a few, it's not that they were released here in the United States. They were released and they put out a quick demo um, in Japan. Okay. Them. So it wasn't one that was released on stateside. Um, You'll have to show that to me. Um, I'll have to try to get Ken. Ken had told me about it. I'll see if I can get Ken to record him playing it. Um, because he was the one who was like, "Hey, guess what I got to do?" I'm like, "What'd you get to do? I got to do a Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild two demo." I'm like, "And I despise you right now." Hmm. Go to hell. because <laughs> um, he, but he brags like that all the time to us. So, because in Japan they get, they kind of get him first. Out. naturally
1: so I got one last little bit of trivia here for you and Oof. and I'll come out and say it the English version added an audio effect to Legend of Zelda 2 from another game which which game oh. I'll give you a hint we were just talking about him. Mario? Uh, no. Uh, well, we were just talking about who the sound effect was applied to. Ganon. Oh, yeah. I'm not doing the Jeopardy music again.
0: <laughs> no, you, you've, already, you've already you've already, made your, your feelings on that well-known.
1: Yeah. So should All I just go ahead and say you- it then?
0: Come on, say it.
1: The the laughter you hear Ganondorf utter when you lose all your lives in Zelda Two was originally used in Mike Tyson's Punch Out.
0: Oh, that's. Oh wait, I don't. I haven't played Punch Out in a while, but yeah, that would make sense. Well, they were they were good
1: yeah, you... for that. I and have one th- for you. Okay, hit me.
0: Alright, what current uh, gaming phenomenon actually owes its whole entire um, success to Legend of Zelda?
1: Hmm, that could be a lot of things.
0: Well, this one actually has acknowledged that its format of how it works actually was inspired by the original aim um, of Legend of Zelda.
1: Okay. I give up. you have to tell me.
0: Animal Crossing.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah. All of the. Remember how you have to communicate with each other and talk with each other and, and right. treat secrets? That's what makes Animal Crossing such an amazing game. That actually okay. is based off of the original idea of how Legend of Zelda would work for gamers. And they actually okay. have acknowledged that if it wasn't for that idea behind Legend of Zelda, Animal Crossing would not work.
1: All right, very interesting. So, do you have any last notes on Zelda you want to add? These first two games.
0: You know, it's I, I recommend everyone to go back and try to play them. Um, if in my it just that if even if you hated Link, the adventure of Link, go back and play it just as the game it is. I will tell you, Link is easier because pay attention to the dialogues within the town because they tell you where a lot of those secrets are. So, yeah,
1: this isn't like Castlevania 2 where they're trying to mislead you.
0: No, actually, almost every majority of the conversations in the town tell you where to find those secrets. And if you get stuck, go to Zelda Dungeon. They have, like I said, they have some of the more comprehensive walkthroughs I've seen. Um... Better than cheat sheets. Sorry, cheat sheets. You're good from you're good for um, Castlevania, but you got to work on your Legend of Zelda stuff.
1: And on that note, us scolding cheat sheets, we are going to take a short break, and when we return, we're going to have our today in video game history for December twenty fourth, and we'll get things wrapped up. Woo-hoo! It is now time for This Week in Video Game History. And the only thing I could find in my incredibly quick search is a bit of a doozy. Because we are actually talking about a sequel today, and here it is, another Famicom NES sequel. December 24th of 1988 was the Japanese release date of Mega Man 2.
0: Which was a heck of a lot easier than Mega Man 1.
1: Oh, you ain't just you ain't just whistling anything, Dixie or otherwise. And Mega Man 2 might not have even happened because the first game was just kind of, eh, okay, as far as sales went. And uh, the, the the creative team behind it were like, okay, we can do this better. We, we want to give this a chance. And Capcom basically told them, okay, but you're doing this on your own time. We need you to work on these other games. That we know are gonna be a hit. And that's actually what they wound up doing. The the yeah. second Mega Man game was a labor of love for that team and it shows.
0: Oh yeah. They put their heart and soul into that game and that is actually it's surprise it's Mega Man it was so weird going back and looking at the box art for all the Mega Man games. Oh because goodness. Honestly, Looking back on the box art, I probably would have never picked up a Mega Man game if I to buy. But all my Mega Man games that I played, I actually rented from either Blockbuster or from Wegmans. Remember when Wegmans had their video section? Oh, yes, yeah. I can still see
1: the sign on my head.
0: Yeah, that was the other place my parents could dump me while they walked through Wegmans. Was They could dump me in there, and I would just be looking at all the video games, trying to figure out which ones I wanted to borrow. And I used to be in there so much that the woman behind the counter would know me and already know my parents' card. So they could she, she would just pull them up in the system and just let me borrow them <laughs> without um, the I, card. I, I... <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I mean, any if I if I had seen it in a video game store, whether it was um, Electronic Boutique or Sears or any of those places that sold them and I looked at that box art, I would have been like, no thanks. <laughs>
1: The the box art for the first two games was pretty dire.
0: Yeah. And if you, I mean, if anyone wants to give themselves nightmares, look it up. If you don't want to give yourself nightmares, don't look it up.
1: Right. But uh, the one thing I want to add about Mega Man 2 is they, that game featured a lot of gigantic bosses, but they were not, but they were not. Actual sprites, with the exception of the place you were supposed to hit them. Most of the. the Yeah, the rest of the boss's image file were background tiles. So that's how they got around that. And Capcom wasn't even the first to do that. Uh, uh, Konami made, made that happen in Contra.
0: Oh, Konami. They started so much stuff.
1: Mm hmm. Kind they of makes they feel were basically of they the on. development team to beat back then.
0: Yeah, it, I yeah. They kind of they kind of gave that up to go into mobile gaming, which I thought was. I'm like, no, you guys are like the R and D of video games. You come out with the coolest stuff, and everyone wants it. And now you're saying no, you're done with that. Like what? So that's all about. Money. They think
1: they're following the money.
0: They are, and I mean, they did start making hand over fist doing, um, doing um, mobile games, but they really neglected one of their really star developers, and you know when he left, you know I don't think they could pull off any of his major series without him because he was those series.
1: You could say that for two developers at Konami.
0: Mhm. Yeah, that's right. They lost. I'm sure you're
1: thinking of the Metal Gear guy. I, Bar- I'm thinking Kobe Girashi.
0: Yep, there's him, and then there's um oh who was the one in charge of Silent Hill? Oh,
1: hmm.
0: Crap, I forgot who that is. But he left too, just as they dropped the Silent Hill PT trailer in gameplay. Which right, and there I was that uh,
1: mini game.
0: Yep, and let me tell you, that game, the PT trailer. Was to me was almost a halfway made game because it wasn't a quick, quick game. It was it wasn't really a mini game to me. It was a quick game. Mm. Tayami, right. Kichiro Tayami. Um, when he left too. Um, oh yeah, just wow. Yeah, you know, when they lost both of those, I was like, Ooh, Konami, what are you doing? <laughs> so.
1: So we should probably wrap this up before we depress ourselves too much on this subject. So Uh, if you, if you enjoyed this podcast, you can find us on Facebook at joystick journeys, or you can track us down via any of flower city comic cons pages, wherever they go. We're usually pretty close behind. And of course, if you and and of course if you're if you're following them you should listen to the mighty monkey podcast which is which just recorded its final episode for the year earlier today and then they're going on the christmas break they've earned it, it yes yes they it,
0: have
1: i can't imagine the stress they've been under this year with covid and having to bounce back and forth with rescheduling the convention and just trying to keep everybody safe my my heart Goes out to Dan and Chris and Tanya and everyone else,
0: and Anne, Anne who's been trying to get go up. This oh, yes. up yeah. So if you happen to be in Rochester, because right now we're tentatively still on for I think April, check us out. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll do a panel.
1: Absolutely, yeah, we, we may even you. do two. Woo! I like
0: that one,
1: and uh, and of and of course, uh, you know, if if you're listening to us on. Spotify or Podcast Addict or any of those other platforms, we're, as of this recording, not yet on Apple or Google Podcasts, but we have applied. Leave us a review. You know, we'd love a five-star review, but whatever review you leave, make it an honest one because the worst feedback is no feedback. No
0: feedback. And also, don't forget also that join our uh, Patreon because James also is an amazing writer. And he actually writes up some um, some nice stories and stuff about the video game industry as well, as well as looking at old games. So definitely yes, check by that the out, time, too.
1: By the time this podcast goes up, uh, I will have uh, put my most recent uh, retrospective up on Donkey Kong Jr., in fact. Ooh. And, wow, the lawsuits that that game spawned.
0: Oh, oh I can only imagine
1: but that but but that is a story for that article. So we're going to wrap this up. For Chrissy Harding, yeah. I've been I've been James Irish and I'm afraid I lack a non sequitur.
0: I will just say this. <laughs> everyone have a wonderful holiday and we'll see you guys probably next time we talk to you guys will be just before the new year's.
1: Yep, we we will be back next week with an episode on mist. Have a good night everybody or good day or or good, good afternoon ahead. or whatever you happen to be listening. Have a
0: wonderful time. Bye.